Awesome, awesome. Hey, will you give the Lord a bigger hand clap for a moment? Very cool. You know, I've been excited to actually come for a while. Uh, Pastor Kyle and I have talked about uh, this for a little bit, and uh, I've been able to uh, have a voice in the house, uh, but I like to be able to come and see you guys. I mean, I hear all the good stories, and I get to hear all the growth, and man, I'm looking around the room. This is amazing. Plus, I want to do this before we move forward with anything else. Will you give the amazing worship team a hand for leading you into worship this morning? It's incredible. Vanessa actually went through our school of worship, and uh, man, it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of really gifted teams. Like, as we travel the country, we see a lot of teams that are gifted, and sometimes our human-mindedness confuse the gifting, and we call it anointed, but really it's just a bunch of gifted people. But here, you guys actually have gifted and anointed, so that's actually amazing. And it also sets up the atmosphere for you to receive. And maybe you come from a, den- a denominational background where like the music is just like a preliminary and it's just like, well, we just sing songs, like it's like karaoke or something. But it's not that at all. What it is, is it sets up the atmosphere. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20 talks about how two or three of us, there's more than that in the room, if we gather in his name, that's Jesus, that he will be in the midst of us. So that's what happened. Maybe you walked in and you needed healing or you needed restoration or you needed some sort of breakthrough in your life. That's what happens in those moments. So don't skip it and be like, well, uh, you know, worst case, I just show up for the last song. No, show up and be involved in worship because it's a privilege. Amen. Also, I want to do this. I want to give honor where honor is due. My pastor says if honor is in you, it comes out of you. You can't fake honor. I want to honor two people. Uh, I don't know where Miss Jess is. I think she's running around, but I want to honor Pastor Oh, she's right there. Wave at me, Jess. Hey, hey, hey. I want to honor Pastor Kyle and Pastor Jess. Will you guys give them a huge hand? Come on. Because here's the reality. We're in this building. We're, there's air conditioning. Thank God for air conditioning. Heat during the winter. We're in this building because two people say yes consistently to the call of God on their lives. We're here because they get their yes out of the way every day. And because they do that, they hear from heaven, they set up the atmosphere for you to walk in. By the show of hands, maybe this is your first time and you're looking at me like, who's this guy with the fake beard and skinny jeans? But, uh, <laughs> but if you're here for the first time and you walked in here today or this is somewhere you come consistently, how many of y'all have been affected? Man, God has changed your life because of Adventure Church. Will you show me your hands? Awesome, that's amazing. And that's the purpose. Listen, this church isn't about scratching off a mark on the to-do list. We do this week in and week out because found people find people. And if you've been found, if you've been set free, if God's done something in your life, then we should be looking for other people to find. Amen. It's not about just filling the building, but it really is about romancing. James 5.16 says that it's the goodness and the love of God that draws a man's heart to a place of freedom and repentance. That's the purpose of this, and I love it. I love the location. I love driving by. I love that it's called adventure. Come on, man. Like, you can't not have fun here. Like, this could be called Brother Love Tabernacle Faith Praise Center.tv. It's not. It's called Adventure Church, man. It makes you just want to smile. Like, there's an old school song by Stephen Chris Chapman. This is the great... Okay, moving on. I'll skip that in the second service. Um, but I just want to honor them because I know the grind of church planning. And I know the grind of what they do week in and week out. And they do it because you matter. They do it because you're valuable to God. They do it because they want to see marriages restored and lives changed and families helped. And they want to see you unlock 
or the Holy Spirit unlock your purpose and potential. You know every single one of us have a call of God on our lives. Every one of you have a mission, a purpose, a plan, a call, and the reality is there's people's lives attached to your destiny. Now, I know I'm like, uh, my energy, and some of y'all are like, is he putting this on? This is five, six shots of espresso. I don't have a problem, okay? I can quit anytime. <laughs> I'm wearing a patch for it. It's no big deal. Uh, but I, I believe, listen, I believe that when you're passionate, when you're in this expectation, when God's done something, you can't help but spill over because what fills, spills. And I can't help but tell people about Jesus because my life's been changed. Let me just give you a quick snapshot of my story really quickly. I was born here in Columbus, Mount Carmel East, uh, as an accident into a drug addict, alcoholic. My dad cheated. He beat my mom. Pretty violent setup. We were like a Jerry Springer episode. Uh, I, I always joke that I was born into a Jerry Springer episode. People were like, you were born on the set of Jerry Springer? I'm like, no, that's weird. Like, my family was five types of messed up, and the doctors told my parents to abort me because they didn't think that my mom could go through another delivery. That her first two, my brother and my sister, was pretty bad. And so the doctor said, in 25 years of doing this, I've never told anyone to get an abortion, but I'm actually going to encourage this. So my parents didn't believe in God. They called him big man upstairs or higher power. Maybe you can relate to that. And they, they, my dad went outside, and he was going to get to the car, and he told my mom, he's like, abort this kid. I mean, he was an accident anyways, or she, or whatever it is. I don't but let's just move forward, right? And my mom walked outside and she said she had a moment where she stopped and said, if you're real, if you really are up there, there must be a purpose behind this baby's life. So she lied to my dad, told him that she was gonna go through with it, she missed the, the timeline, the threshold, and it was too late. She couldn't go through with it. And in the process of being pregnant with me, a drunk driver hit her, almost killed her and me. In the process of being pregnant, she fell down a flight of stairs in Grove City, Ohio, slipped and broke her low back and almost miscarried me. See, the enemy was gunning for me when I didn't have a voice. So you wonder why I'm so passionate? You can't judge my passion until you know my past. <laughs> so I couldn't say anything then, but now in my tubular shadows and my skinny jeans, I'm telling people about Jesus all over the world. But they ended up finding, listen, I want you to hear this, because this is what Adventure Church is about. We don't do any of this, and I say we because I can speak as like an overseer. We don't do any of this for symbolic reasons. We do this because, not because of religion. Religion's messy. Religion hurts. We don't do this because of religion. We do this because of relationship. My dad didn't find religion. He found relationship. He showed up to this little church with no air conditioning, Commercial Point Ohio, in Ohio, and the pastor got up, preached a really simple message on the love of God. He said, if you're here today and you have been lied to and people have told you that God is mad at you, it's not true. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And he'll actually set you free. All you have to do is surrender. My dad got up. He didn't know etiquette in church. He was wearing a John Deere vest and a John Deere hat. Come on, somebody. Like that was his Sunday best. And he walked down and came to the front and started putting money on the floor. You could hear change and he was pulling out cash and strung out all the time and all, always angry, always violent, all chaos was all he knew. And he began to throw money down and he began to throw change down. You could hear it hitting the floor. And my tough dad, who I'd never seen cry before, began to cry out to God, if you're real and you'll change me, I'll live for you the rest of my life. And the pastor said, David, you can pick up all your money. Look at me. This, you don't have to put any money down here. You can put in the offering later. He didn't say that. He <laughs> said, Nobody said, pick it up. This gift, listen, this gift 
has already been paid for. This gift is free to you. All you have to do is surrender. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, it says that we will be saved. And so I just love the local church. I'm passionate about the local church because I believe it's the heartbeat of heaven. I believe that we walk in and walk out and we walk in and deposits are made in our lives because debits are taken out every day. Debits are taken out of your courage account. You're not good enough. You're not creative enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough skills. You're not pretty enough. That person's funnier. Their life is better. And debits are taken out of your courage account. But when you walk into the house of God, week in and week out, deposits are made. So then we can go back out and be the church. We're talking about the blessed life. And I'm going to get off uh, kind of the path of it. Pastor Kyle's going to jump back in on the third week next week. I'm going to talk about the blessed life and stick with that thread throughout today's message. But I do want to talk about us being the church because we are called to be the church. Adventure Church is not made up of these walls and that huge fan up there. It's a huge fan. One of the biggest fan I've ever seen. Maybe some of you have never noticed it. Look up. That's a massive, massive fan. It's not these walls, it's not the coffee, it's not walking in the doors and having a lobby experience and checking the kids in. We are the church. Some of us, some of you are the awkward pinky toes, but we're the body of Christ. Come on, man, we're the church. We make up the church. Maybe you come here and you've been just kind of on the fence. You haven't really jumped in. You haven't really planted your roots yet, but here's the deal. Deep roots produce healthy fruit. You wanna live the blessed life? Get your roots down deep. And I'll give you scripture for it. This isn't just my opinion. Psalms 92, 13 says, blessed is the man or woman who's planted in the house of the Lord and they will flourish, that's good news, in the courts of our God. So get your roots down deep. Serve, jump in. Every one of you have a place at this church. You know, I always talk about church like this, church planting like this. There's two types of people that walk into church week in and week out. There's some that are in the incubator place. The incubator, I don't know, maybe you know, the, the warmth of this, there's a healing place with this incubator. My brother was born without a hip socket and doctors at Ohio State University said there's nothing really we can do. This, your kid's gonna grow up and have a little bit of a, a, a limp in his, his step. His gait's not gonna be right. He probably won't play sports, right? And there was a specialist at the Ohio State University that said, I have an idea. I wanna make shift this cast, put this baby in it and put him in the incubator. And we've never tried this. We've seen clinical research, but we're gonna see if his body will actually form around this cast and create what is needed. That phenomenal idea ended up makeshifting and my brother's body formed, I believe it was an intervention from God too, but his body formed this, this hip socket and he was completely healed. He came out of the incubator. My brother played sports. He was completely fine. I can still run faster than him, but he's still good, you know. <laughs> it's typically running from him, but still. But he was completely fine. So there's an incubator that's like a, it's for healing. And then there's the other type of person that walks in and they're in an accelerator place where they're ready to put their foot on the pedal and accelerate into their purpose, whether that means jump in the kids' ministry, hospitality, serve in the parking lot, be a part of the prayer team, leadership, jump on and be part of the worship team. Like, you have to go through tryouts. You can't just walk up here. We have security to get you off this pepper spray if you come up here. But come on, laugh. It's morning time, but we're okay. There was no pepper spray. It's just tasers. It's fine. No big deal. But my brother, he was completely healed because of the incubator place. Some 
of you walk in and you're just in that incubator place. You're just kind of sitting and you're trying to get healthy again and you're trying to find hope again. And there's some that you're ready to accelerate. Here's the great news. Whether you're in an incubator place or an accelerator place, there's a place for you. It's a place for you to serve and be a part of this house. Here's the deal though. I'm fully convinced that God is still moving. I'm fully convinced. Thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm. I'm fully convinced that God is still healing and restoring and delivering and setting people free. I'm fully convinced that God is not the I was, but he's the I am. I'm fully convinced that God is not done in the Midwest and that God is moving through Adventure Church and moving in this region. I'm fully convinced that this right here is the smallest Adventure Church will ever be. I'm fully convinced that buildings and land and everything that we're supposed to take uh, 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 territory in, in this region, I'm fully convinced that God is faithful to complete the work he started. When you're fully convinced, you can't be talked out of it. That's why I love the audacious side of the Hammonds. I can't talk him out of anything. Man, when he comes in and he's got these ideas and there's vision and there's faith backing it and he's been in his prayer time, they're believing God, he's fully convinced. I can't convince him. I can't walk outside and say, man, the sky is teal blue. He'd be like, well, it's a little, it's kind of a grayish blue. No, it's yellow. He's like, what are you talking about? Look at it, it's yellow. He's like, I don't know what you're, because he's fully convinced. He knows. I couldn't convince you that this, this, this right here, this guitar is, is bright, shining silver. Why? Because it's not. I can't, you're fully convinced that's like a brushed orange, dark, I don't know what that is, but we're fully convinced of that color. It reminds me of being fully convinced there was this little girl and she was in this public school and and the teacher started teaching on whales, and she was really excited to talk about whales. And she said, kids, today, we're going to talk about whales. And the little girl's seven, and she's like, oh, whales. And she's all excited, and the teacher goes, today, listen, today we're going to talk about, and she begins to name this one whale. And she goes, did you know that a whale's esophagus is so small that it, pro- it actually would have a really hard time to swallow, like, a person? And the little girl's like, what? Because that little girl was in a church like adventure church and in her kids ministry they had talked about Jonah and the whale so when it came time for Q&A the teacher said does anybody have any questions and the little girl's like and she's like yes and she's like uh so Jonah got swallowed by a whale and she's like Jonah and she goes yeah Jonah in the bible and the teacher goes oh the bible well honey you can't believe everything you read next question the little girl's like what so she lifted her hand again, and she goes, no, Jonah, he refused to go to Nineveh. And then God said, listen, if you're not going to go to Nineveh, I'm going to send a big whale. The whale's going to swallow you. You're going to hang out on the whale's stomach. And he played on his iPhone. That's where her theology was a little off. But you're going to play. And he was in the stomach of the whale, and he finally said, okay, God, I'll go. And they got spitting him up out, and the lady's like, okay, that's, okay, that's a cute story. Okay, moving on. And she tried to move on, and the, lady, the little girl lifted her hand again. She said, no, listen, Jonah got swallowed by a whale, your books are wrong. And the lady goes, well, honey, it's, listen, I'm the teacher and I'm trying to explain to you that it's not, it's not possible. The whale's not able to swallow. And she goes, well, one day when I get to heaven, I'm gonna ask Jonah. I'm gonna ask Jonah. I'm gonna say, okay, Jonah, so what was it like to hang out in the belly of the whale for those three days? And the teacher goes, okay, well, if you're gonna be a smart mouth like your mom, then I'll give it back to you. So she's like, oh, okay, so you're gonna talk to Jonah about it in heaven. What if Jonah didn't go to heaven? What if he went to the other place? What if he went to hell? And the little girl goes, well, then you're gonna have to ask him. Come on. <laughs> Just 
drop the mic. <laughs> Forgive me for that. I'm fully, I'm fully convinced, and that's why I'm passionate about the local church, because I really believe that God, listen, pursues what he loves. Psalms 23, 6 says that the goodness and mercy of God, it chases after you. That's great news today. You woke up again today, you're breathing, which is proof that God's not done with you. He has a mission and a purpose for this house, for your life, through this house, for your life as parents and future parents, and be the best single person ever in this house serving. Be the best married people ever serving in this house. There's a place for you. I believe to live the blessed life, God wants not to get something from us. That's not what this series is designed for. It's not designed to try to get something from us. It's God trying to get something to us, ultimately to pass through us. I'm gonna look at a series of verses really quickly in, uh, I love this, this book of Habakkuk. What a name, Habakkuk. I feel like we need to come back to some of these old school names. Like, this is my son Stephen and daughter Christy, and this is Habakkuk. Like, I think, I was talking to my wife about this, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and it's amazing how, like, when people, like, when they're first pregnant and they're really excited, like, they're having their first kid, man, that first name, like, they keep it, like, super Fort Knox secret. You know what I mean? It's, like, locked in a vault. Like, we still do that because, you know, we don't need somebody stealing our names. Uh, but, you know, they're, like, they're, like, really official. Like, this is my son, Wallace. We named him after his great-great-great-grandfather who invented the mailbox. And you're, like, that's amazing. Like, it's super sentimental. And they're, like, this is our daughter, Brave. She's super brave. Like, She'll jump off of anything. Like, she's super, oh, uh, this is uh, Nevaeh. That's heaven backwards. She's very spiritual. And uh, what, what, you got the fourth kid. Yeah, yeah, we haven't named him yet. We just call him Hot Pocket. Like, he just, he runs in whenever there's food. So, okay. All right, I want to look at Habakkuk. And I want to talk about this verse really quickly because here's the deal. I'm, I'm wired to be a fire starter, okay? I'm like lighter fluid on flickers of existing fire. And some of you, you, you say, well, that's not my personality. I would never shout. You'll never get me to clap loud. And I'm definitely not going to sing. And you know what? That's okay. I'm not basing this on personality. But based upon the word, it talks about how the redeemed of the Lord are supposed to say so. And when you're redeemed, listen, I believe with all my heart that you shouldn't have to, uh, if you walk into a room, maybe your, your work, your neighborhood, when you walk into that room, you don't have to wear a shirt that says spirit instead of sprite for people to know that you're a Christian. It should just be the residue of Jesus, your time with Jesus, that overflows. Now, I want to talk about this series of verses for just a moment because I think for some of us, we can really relate to this. And maybe Habakkuk's terminology is different than what we're walking through, but I think that all of us have been in this place before. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I believe that if we can unlock this part of our, of our lives, we can unlock the blessed life in our life. If we can unlock the praise that's inside of us, if we can unlock that worship, that shout, that joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8.10, that God wants so desperately for us to walk in, to really step into who we're called to be. The reason I want to talk about this series of verses really quickly, setting it up, Habakkuk was a prophet, and I love this because he's walking through some stuff, like you're gonna see it in a minute. But there's something amazing about this series of verses because it wasn't just written down. Habakkuk actually sang this. This was actually done through a song. Well, that's pretty cool. What's that have to do with me? Because Habakkuk chose in the midst of his storms to praise God through it. In the midst of his chaos, in the midst of everything not seeming like it was lining up like it was supposed to, he chose to praise and worship 
the Lord through it. This is what it says in Habakkuk chapter 3, starting in verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud, there's no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls. Now all of this is pretty bad. But this is where it changes, verse 18. Check this out. It says this, yet, say yet. Yet. Come on, say it, say yet. Yet. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to tread on new heights. I love this because I believe there is something significant when the children of God through anything we walk through, through the threats of layoffs, through broken marriages, through family chaotic situations, through financial crises, if you can stop and find your yet, because if God's in it, listen, if God's in it, it's not over. And if you can find your yet, if you can step into this place, some of you have been praying for restoration for a while. You've been believing God and you've been standing that God would restore a marriage situation or an addictive issue in a family or a family situation that you just feel like, God, I just, I can't do anything else except throw my hands up and and just say, I trust you. But maybe some of you have given up hope. Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, Hagar, who, you know, was Abraham's concubine and she was struggling with her identity. She was struggling with who she was. I love this phrase. It says that she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. She says, you are the God, listen, who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. When you release what's inside of you, God will revive what's around you. I believe that. And I love this positioning of her life where she said, everything else in my life doesn't seem to be working. Habakkuk, nothing in my life seems to be coming over, yet I will rejoice in you. Yet I know you're the God that sees me. I'm here to just tell you today, man, he sees you. And no matter where you've been, no matter what you're currently walking through, some of you are like, yeah, but you don't know my life. You don't know what I'm dealing with. I don't, but guess, guess what he does? And he's not ran out on you. He's, he's never forsaken you. He'll never abandon you. He's always with you. And I love this other set of verses here really quickly because I think it's gonna bless someone here. It says in, uh, 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 let me find it, let me find it, let me find it. Isaiah, my goodness, throw it up on the screen, Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, Isaiah 40, 31, look at this. Those who wait for the Lord. I love the Amplified, or this is the new Amplified. It says, we'll gain, check this out, we'll gain new strength. How many of y'all need some new strength today? You'll gain new strength. When you position yourself and you wait on the Lord and you position yourself and you can continue to declare, yet I will praise the Lord. I will not be overtaken. You know a rut is temporary. So many times we think a rut is permanent. We think because we're stuck here, we're gonna die here, but that's not the truth. The truth is you can praise your way through it. The truth is if you can muster up the strength, doctors say this is something you're gonna deal with the rest of your life. You say thank you for your professionalism, yet I will praise the Lord. They say that financially this is gonna be the worst situation for you, yet I will praise the Lord. The Lord. They say that this situation other people can't bounce from and rebound from. Yet, I will praise the Lord because my God is gonna give me new strength. I'm gonna give you three quick foundational things that I think are gonna help us step into this yet. Because again, the blessed life, you know, the reward of worship is not 
blessings. Like, the reward of worship isn't you show up and you sing a couple songs and you're like, okay, God, can I get my house payment paid, please? No, the reward of worship, let me say it this way. Blessings are a bonus because you're his kids. The reward of worship is him. And when you can find that yet, when you can stand firm in your faith and you can rejoice and you can lift your voice, this is the positioning I feel like God really put in my heart at the beginning of the year. Number one, to live a foundational, we're talking about foundation, because a foundation, this building we're sitting in is only as strong as the foundation it's built upon, okay? We get that. There's three foundational ways to live the blessed life. Number one, we have to live an open-handed life. I believe that when we release, in January, the Lord began to put this in my heart, that when you release what's in your hand, he'll release what's in his. And the thing is, when we position ourselves, whether we're in an incubator or an accelerator place, when you position yourself and say, yet I will praise and worship you through whatever, I'm gonna stand firm and I'm gonna just keep on rejoicing and know that you are for me and that you are with me. And you live this open-handed life. John chapter three, verse 30 says, he must become greater and greater as I become less and less. We have to live this positioned life, this posture where we say, Because we're human-minded, we compartmentalize everything. Like, God, I trust you with this, 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 and this, but these three things I'm holding on to. And that might be a struggle from when you were young. Maybe you haven't let go of something that you've dealt with for 15, 20 years. And I believe there's an unlocking of the blessed life, an unlocking of your purpose and your potential, that God wants to do a shift in your life when we live open-handed. My father-in-law, so my wife, she's back there. We were at his house uh, last I think July 4th, and uh, next door to him, his neighbor had the nicest garden I'd ever seen. Is anybody like a garden enthusiast in here? Like, you're like, I garden. Like, he's wearing a glove. He's actually wearing a garden glove in the church. (laughs) This is getting strange. So I want to garden one day. I just haven't had, I don't have 100 hours a week. (laughs) You got to put some time in. And my father-in-law has this neighbor, and he had the nicest garden I'd ever seen in my entire life. Like, it was phenomenal. And I walked outside because I'm just like mesmerized. Like I was pulled in like a moth to a flame. Like if I was a photographer for Garden Monthly Magazine, if that exists, I would be taking pictures. Like it was perfect. No weeds. The rows were perfect. Everything was blooming. Everything was fresh. Everything looked amazing. You could tell it was healthy. And I stopped and I'm, I'm just looking at it like, wow. And I, this guy walks out and he's like, uh, hey, 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 don't touch anything. Like he's real intense. I'm like, well, why would I touch anything it's just a couple peppers like (laughs) and a cantaloupe like I don't know and so I start asking him these questions and I didn't realize they were loaded but I started asking him these questions I said uh man what's your secret and he's like uh what do you mean I said well did you angle the the garden a certain way so the sun hits it a certain way he's like no I said uh did you ship organic soil in from Scotland like what have you done because this is phenomenal like did you spritz it (laughs) like spritz it with like water from Sweden like and he's like, this is weird. And then he kind of started mumbling. Like, I could tell he was kind of getting a little cocky. Like, he's like, well, I've got a great garden. And I'm like, bro, what's your secret? Like, I need to know. I want a garden one day. And he goes, man, I weed every day. And I said, what? He's on weed every day. This is exactly how the story happened. This isn't stretched for humor's sake. This is exactly how it happened. I said, you win every day. He's on weed every day. I said, you smoke weed every day. Because <laughs> that's not why I'm out here. I bid you farewell. Like, that's not why I came out here. I'll take my cantaloupe and go. He goes, no, man, I weed every day. I said, you have to pull weeds every day? Listen, listen, I believe this is the second foundational point. He said, no, 
but I check for weeds every day. You know a weed's job? A weed's mission is to smother out the good fruit in your life. A weed's job is to strangle. The mission is to smother out your yet, smother out your praise, smother out your potential. A weed could be a toxic relationship. Weed could be unforgiveness or bitterness. A weed could be something that you've been holding on to and it's this thing that gets in and sometimes weeds disguise themselves as good. Have you ever seen that? Right outside of our school of worship was this weed growing right around all these flowers. And I stopped and I was like, that's a weed. And they were like, well, my wife's like, there's berries on it. Like, she doesn't talk like that, but I have the mic, so. (laughs) Sorry, babe. She's like, there's berries on it. I'm like, it's a weed. She's like, yeah. And so we left it alone. Even the the, the mowing business, which is like generous. It was a 13-year-old kid that hated mowing, but like the people that mowed, like they even left it alone because they thought it was part of the flower. No, it was a weed. You know what it ended up doing? It ended up wrapping around all the good and smothering it out. So this is something I feel like the Lord had been putting in my heart this year is we have to check for weeds every day. Every single day, wake up, live open-handed, stop and say, God, is there anything in my life Is there any distractions? Is there any relationships? Is there anything, God, that I'm not surrendering or letting go of? God, that I'm not fully committing to you? Lord, is there a weed that's in my life that's trying to smother out the good fruit? Because John 15, verse five says this. I'm the vine, this is the Lord speaking to us. You're the branches, that's us. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, throughout the blessed life, Pastor Kyle's gonna talk about tithe and offering and sowing of your time, your talent, and your treasure, and we're gonna talk about that. But the reality is, if the enemy can clamp off your connection to the vine and he can cause a weed to get in, he can cause a fence to get in, he can cause issues to get in, it will smother out the good fruit, smother out your blessed life, smother out your best life. Here's the third, last part. We have to consistently find our yet. This is a choice. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. God's not a forcer, he's a filler. He'll never force himself on you. You can walk in, refuse to sing. You can get free coffee, you can high five three people. Nobody's gonna make you get up and mingle during that two minutes of fun. (laughs) God's not a forcer, he's a filler. He won't force himself on you, but you know what he will do? Every time you make room, he'll fill. You need peace, make room, he'll fill. You wanna step into the blessed life and be who you're called to be? Make room and he'll fill. You need strength, he'll fill you with the joy, not your joy, his joy, to you and through you that becomes your strength. So every day, foundational, live open-handed. Number two, check for weeds, search your heart. Do that with me real quick. Close your eyes just real quick. We're bringing this in for a landing. We actually changed the door shut. We're going till two o'clock. It's gonna be a little bit. No, listen, just close your eyes just for a minute. I want you to check for weeds really quickly. Find that one thing that some of you instantly know. And I'm not gonna walk around with a microphone and and ask you to reveal what this is, but I know that today there's an unlocking, there's a freeing, there's a yet that's gonna be released through your life. And I believe that this this foundational place that God is trying to position us in to really unlock our best life and be who we're called to be as Adventure Church, as individuals, as called sons and daughters. God, I pray 
Right now, Father, that your hand, your supernatural power, God, would meet every one of us right where we're at. God, I pray in this moment, Lord, that there's weeds in this moment, God, that we're identifying. There's weeds in this moment, God, that you are pulling out. But here's the reality is some of these weeds are painful. You know, in, in life, if we ever reach down and try to grab a weed and it's a thistle, man, that hurts. But God, right now, this is my, our prayer, and is that to unlock the best life, to unlock the blessed life and be who we're called to be, God, there's some things we need to surrender. Your eyes closed just for a moment. If there's some things that you need to surrender to God, you know, the sign of surrender all over the world is simply just lifting your hands. Right where you're sitting, if there's some stuff that you need to surrender, you need to let go of, would you just lift your hands towards heaven? Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would reach down, meet every one of us right where we're at. Help us. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, it says that you are fighting for us. We need only to be still. So God, my prayer is that you would fight for each and every one of us right now, God, that you would heal and restore and deliver and set people free. God, I pray that you would ignite a passion and a fire, that you would ignite hunger in each and every one of us, God, for more of you and less of us. God, we allow you now to pluck out these weeds so that we can become better, we can become whole. In the name of Jesus. If you're here today, you can put your hands down and you say, Pastor Daniel, it's a good word and I appreciate it and it was inspiring, but the reality is, is I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I said this a moment ago, but in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, we don't pray a prayer for symbolic reasons. We declare this because the Bible tells us to, and that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, it says that everything will change. He will erase your past, wipe your slate clean, throw your sins as far from the east as it is to the west, and you can walk out better, completely set free. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Dano, I don't know Jesus as my savior, or you know, the reality is I just wanna make things right. I walked with him before, but I've chose to live for me and I haven't, I wanna rededicate today. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? So I'm looking all over the room. I see your hand, awesome. You can put it down, anybody else? Heaven says that it rejoices if just for the one. My dad was the one person. I don't believe in throwaway services. Every service matters because people matter. My dad got set free and saved, and my brother, my sister, myself all walk with the Lord. We're the only ones in the Groves family that do. Everybody else is drug addicts, drug dealers, and hustlers. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. Five more seconds. Anybody else? Pastor Daniel, I want to get my life right with God. I'm looking all over the room. We're going to pray. Everybody would declare this and pray for those that maybe didn't lift their hand and maybe you're gonna pray this prayer for the first time or rededicate your life. Listen, all of us today are gonna pray this. Father, say this with me. Jesus, here I am. I surrender everything. I've been living for me and it hasn't worked. I wanna live for you. I lay every mistake, every sin at your feet and I confess you as my savior, my father and my Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, would you guys give the Lord a shout of praise in here? Come on, come on, come on. Awesome. So here's my challenge as Pastor Kyle is about to come. Here's my challenge to you. Check for weeds every day. Look in the mirror. If you have to write it on a sticky note, stick it on your mirror, do it. But search your heart and make sure that the enemy isn't smothering out your yet. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will praise you, my God, my Savior, in the midst of whatever I'm walking through. Live an open-handed life. 
every single day, position yourself to say, God, you're bigger and stronger and more amazing than I could ever be. So I get out of the way and let you become greater.